Hey guys. <laughs> you sound you sound hey like guys, a deflated balloon. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Dutares. I don't know how I'm supposed to say it. Yeah, that's great. Keep going. An inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm Ash. I'm MJ. Marjun. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are unpacking two things, community and prayer. I listened to a clip by Andrew Schieberman. Take the first 15 minutes unpacking that. Also, forget the things that I mentioned because I'm totally externally processing. So <laughs> if you were to ask me those same questions, I would probably give you a different answer right now. So This is a hot take right here because I played the video and asked for her candid thoughts. So if you hear a lot of mumbling, no, rambling is the word I'm looking for. That means that I'm actually trying to process my thoughts. Kind of like, what's that episode from The Office? <laughs> An, An improvisation. improvisation. That's the story of my life, folks. So if you are also an externalizer, just my heart goes out to you. And then the second half, we take some time to unpack the next steps that we're taking in building our community here in Charlotte. So there it is. It was also really weird to call you Marjun. I never call you by your full name, like ever. All right. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> so what do you think? <laughs> Okay. All right. So, so, let's, so let's talk t- about what we just watched. Yeah. So let's talk about what we just watched. Um, I came across this clip about Andrew Huberman, who is this, I think, neuroscientist. He's somewhere in the medicine field, and I've come across his podcast. We've we've listened to a couple of his episodes separately. Mm-hmm. I've, I know you've listened to him because sometimes yeah, I like listening to him. Yeah, and we've adapted some of the things that he recommends mm-hmm. um in seasons and so there's this guy on a podcast we've been listening to following some of his protocols some of which are just like very science driven so mm-hmm. <clears throat> like an example would be um like late at night we did this for like a long time but then we stop and I think we should do it again. But like darkening the rooms mm-hmm. to make it more conducive <laughs> for sleep. Yeah, candlelight. Yeah. And the other one is just like getting outside in the mornings. And a lot of it is just like regulating your sleep to be able to sleep well and start your day well and like have all of these rhythms. And it struck me because it's very in line with just some of these things that you and I are trying to tease out of what can we do sustainably rhythmically as a family Mm -hmm. that we can do on a regular basis. And so he brings a lot of like that scientific backing that supports a lot of these things of what we should be doing regularly, consistently and creating just a sense of normalcy for our family. And um, so I've not listened to him for a while. And then this comes across my feed and Andrew Huberman on prayer. I was like, what? Because he, in any of the episodes I've listened to, have has never mentioned anything about his like personal beliefs or his religion. Mm-hmm. So I, I just showed that to you. And I had a couple of thoughts I wanted to unpack. But what is your initial reaction in listening to that? Did you, did you like what he had to say? Did you think he was wrong in what he was saying or close or correct? like spot on and what prayer actually is. I think that he was 
These are just literally, like I literally just. Yeah, we just stop. <laughs> yeah, we just turn it off. So these are my real raw thoughts. I think he was very vague about what he actually believes mm-hmm. in God to kind of clarify who is it that he's praying to. You yeah. know what I mean? He could, because in the video, he really, you could tell he really, as probably a scientist, you know, didn't want to come across as pushy when he was speaking about religion. Yeah. Because it is a very, I mean, he noted it's a very individual, personal thing. And so I don't know if there was just apprehension of that, that he didn't really clarify what he actually believes about God. Like, who is he actually praying to? Or if it's more of like a meditative thing. It didn't seem like that the further he went on. But I think, yeah. So clarifying that, I think, is kind of an important thing. Like, who are you praying to? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know. Um, what, you know, are you inviting into your consciousness? And also that's just, kind of important to be thinking about. Just uh, for your context too, he's on, he's a guest speaking on somebody else's podcast. Sure. And I don't know anything about the rest of the conversation. I mean, we listened to like what, a 10 minute clip and I don't know where he is in the right. podcast, but it seems like this is a stage you could assume it's a stage of the conversation where he feels very uh, comfortable in talking to him yeah and just relaying his raw yeah like raw thoughts on what he is currently probably just wrestling with yeah i do appreciate that i always appreciate people's honesty in their story you know and their journey and wrestlings and things like that so i would have follow-up questions, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Because I think what he had to say was very interesting. And I think there is definitely... But let me ask you, because you've had a little bit more time to think about this. Yeah, sorry. So what is it that struck you about this? I made yeah. you specifically want to talk about this. No, that's great. I think one of the things was that it was striking to me in that somebody who feels like they're still exploring their faith mm. or their or religion as a whole has such a systematic way of approaching prayer and like one acknowledging that he has defects and requesting that those be removed from hmm. him and then two submitting himself to this higher or greater force and so and 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 in that he is empowered and he's like I, I give up control and then I get control. But he was like, I don't like saying control, but more of like I give up control and I thereby gain the agency to bring about the change hmm. that I should commit to. And hearing that from like a scientific perspective, I overlay that with what you and I have known and grown up with mm-hmm. and are, are so familiar with in church culture of confessing your sins. Mm-hmm. Right. And asking for supplicate is it supplication like asking for the lord to equip you to like give me my daily bread Mm, mm -hmm. and help me be a force for like one of the things that we hold to as a family of participating in the restorative work of the gospel whatever that context means in in through your workplace through your relationships through your day-to-day and he had a very non-religious explanation for what prayer was and it was honestly refreshing to me Hmm. to hear that from somebody when it was a discipline that you and i have 
come to just you and I are really familiar with it, right? Mm-hmm. Almost to the point where it's it's just something that like okay, this is just part of our faith. And to hear that from somebody who's seemingly approaching it for the first time, hmm. it's it's always just refreshing to hear. Yeah, it's like talking to somebody who just became a believer, mm-hmm. and just hearing their excitement and their curiosity and and their fervor reminds you of just the faith that you have, and even more so for listening to that video of like we have an understanding of what prayer actually is. And it was slightly convicting too, to the extent of like, am I not tapping into prayer as consistently and as disciplined as I could be, or as I am in like other areas of life. Mm -hmm. So like, those were my initial thoughts of like, I even want to set aside like where he's at. Yeah. And as much as hearing the concepts like extracting, what does it mean for somebody who professes to have faith and what, and how we should be viewing prayer? Because do you think he's got those concepts right? Like, do you think he understands that well, or is he is he wrong? Like, assuming he's on this journey and assuming that he's praying to God, how do you think prayer should actually be viewed in a believer's life on a day to day basis? Hmm. It's funny that when maybe you grow up in a church setting, prayer is something that's so, like you said, familiar, and yet. When you, I think this this is like this with a lot of churchy phrases yeah. or terms, <laughs> disciplines that we use, mm-hmm. where it's really easy to throw around these words, and it's much more difficult to actually explain it in a way that's not your just like textbook, you know, slap a Jesus sticker on it explanation, yeah. Sunday school answer, or you know, and I think just a basic way that I would explain it is just. Prayer is our avenue of communication with God or or one of the avenues of communication with God. I don't know. I don't even know. No, I think, you know, reading the Bible is another avenue. Mm-hmm. God speaks to us through his word. Um, I think prayer is, I think it was sometimes hard for me growing up because there's this like inner voice that I have that are like, these are my own thoughts, right? That just run through my head sometimes. And it's hard to discern that versus when I am confident or when I was confident that God was speaking to me. It's differentiating like my thoughts Mm -hmm. versus what I believe God is revealing to me, you know? And so that's always been... I guess when I was younger, like in teenagers, high school, early college years, I really struggled with, do I know how to hear the voice of God? Yeah. Because there's this thing, prayer, but then how do you, how do you differentiate between your own thoughts? Like, how can you be confident that this isn't just something, you know, I, I, I come out and I say like, oh, I'm, you know, had this thought running through my head and now I'm called to xyz how do i know that that was something that god was speaking to me versus something that i drew up in my subconscious because i feel pressured because so and so was also called and i need to keep up with them you know what i mean right and so i think i struggled with that a little bit um but i don't know yeah i'm externalizing i don't know if this is a good yeah no i i i think that is in, in a lot of ways 
we think of prayer, I fall prey to this love in, in the sense of, okay, we communicate to God through prayer, but like, what's the context of how we communicate to him? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's in the form of petition, right? Like, give me direction, right? Give me clarity on what I should be doing. I mean, we pray regularly at night and it's like, help us be, it's all, it's all in the context of petitioning. Yeah. And what was striking to me in how he was exploring it, just to tie it back to the video, was this idea of prayer being a positional awareness. Mm -hmm. That rather than just seeing prayer as, I'm coming to God to ask for these things, it was really just like a broader mindfulness exercise that he was committing to, Mm -hmm. that I am not infallible. You know, like that we come with shortcomings and that we belong in God's family. Like like the context, the broader context we can bring to the table is we are part of God's redeemed. And just like being aware of that, like, okay, I am redeemed through Jesus because of Jesus. And I am part of the work, like I'm, part, I'm invited to participate in the work of the gospel mm-hmm. because I'm, I've been invited to this. And so just like having that contextual awareness that like some of the specific assignments for us is through our jobs, through our parenting, through the relationships that we interact with. And that I just don't know if I have thought of prayer in that way more than I've thought of it of like the more familiar terms of petitioning, confession, (laughs) asking for direction and like really just asking for God for a specific thing or bringing to the table specific, which are not in and of itself bad, but rather than, I think we, we jump to like how to pray way faster than we should think of what even is prayer. Yeah. And the refreshing context that I heard by listening to his definition of prayer, even though it's like not clear where he stands on his faith. Yeah is that there's this positional awareness that he brings to the table. Yeah. Like I am in I am not without defects and I'm not in control. And I'm not in control and thereby I am aware of like this higher force and for us we know it's like God is working through you. He gives you the grace. Yeah. Like his grace is sufficient for us. Like we know what that means. Yeah. And how many times do I just pray for us for God to get me through the day? rather than just saying, God, you have given me grace to participate in what it is you have before me this day. Yeah. Help me to walk in it in a way that is honoring to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think God's will has always been accomplished through human agency, even in the fact that Jesus became human. Mm -hmm. And so um, there is something special and spiritual (laughs) about that. Yeah. There's like a very deep spiritual truth to the fact that God's will is accomplished through human agency, even in the writing of the Bible. You know, people want to say, you know, it's infallible or it's not, you know, but the truth is that God's will has always been accomplished through human agency. And so that doesn't make the agency any less divine led. And so I think that was something that I kind of took from what he was saying was that recognition that, yeah, it's not just 
he, he kind of recognized, I'm not just expecting this outside force to do all the work. Yeah. And I just thereby become a recipient of it. Yeah. That I have a part in it as yeah. well. I have a responsibility yeah. as well. I can't just expect, and he didn't specifically say God, but to just fix everything. Right. Like there is a role for me to play. Mm-hmm. In, and he didn't he didn't say like the redemption process you know but that is more or less kind of what i took from what he was yeah. saying is that there like we have always had a role to play in the process of redemption you right. know and i think the lord calls us to step into that and doesn't just ex- expect us to passively yeah <laughs> expect that he's just going to do everything for us you know well and so i think let me just finish this up yep i think with that is sometimes we say things like, we'll just give it to God. Mm-hmm. Um, or just pray about it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, And the, it's not that those things are not true, but they're like half-truths. In that, yes, we should give it to God, and yes, we should pray about it, but then we should also reflect on what is our role in this. Mm-hmm. You know, and not just kind of forfeit our responsibility in stewardship, like stewarding the things that God has given us stewarding. And that includes, you know, going back to our conversation in our last episode, like the leadership that he's given us, or, you know, if you are, you know, called to a leadership position, like a pastor or something like that, well, like you have a responsibility to steward it. You yeah. can't just sit there and be like, okay, I'm called to this. So like, I got a pass to just, I don't know, Holy Spirit's just going to do something in me. Yeah. No, like you have a responsibility to steward as well. I just think it's so important to sometimes stop ourselves from doing some of these Christian things and asking like what it is that we're actually doing. Yeah. And hearing things like that has been a challenge for me in how I even approach prayer in my own life even just over the last 24 hours in increasing my own positional awareness of like where I stand in like the broader picture. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, it's like he said, it's like scary. I don't even see it as scary as much as I see it as more like freeing that like we said in the last episode, the Lord's work began before we started and it will continue on after we're done. And prayer helps us reposition ourselves in that broader picture because in the day-to-day, I think I can easily get swayed into thinking that I am in control of my own outcomes completely, like beginning to end, when like we need to be conscious of that that's, we need to be aware that that's not actually true, mm-hmm. and prayer helps us get there. And so it's been something that I, one, I'm hoping to just like spend more intentional time actually unpacking for myself, but I'm also curious to see what that means for him like over time and what mm-hmm. what that means in his journey because who knows what what will happen so um yeah sorry for just throwing that on you but i did have other things i wanted to ask you okay. as well um going back to something some of the things that we're gonna come up against this upcoming week we're gonna step into some of these communities mm-hmm. at church you're gonna start like a women's bible study and we have a small group that we're gonna start participating in mm-hmm. so i want to see how you felt about this upcoming week and what that means with like cultivating community. Like we're trying to take action steps to this very thing that pastor James challenged the listeners to in saying that there's no perfect church. So find an imperfect one and cultivate it. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about what we're 
about to step into this upcoming week? I'm, yeah, I think I'm mostly just excited. I'm an extrovert through and through. So the extrovert in me is just desperately like needing to mm-hmm. be around other people. Like literally just walking into that room will be electrifying to me. So <laughs> beware women of that Bible study. <laughs> At this point I walk into the grocery store. Hello, people of Harris Teeter. <laughs> so nice to see you today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I am just looking forward to it and going into it with an open mind, kind of understanding. I think I'm at the point in my faith journey where I, I do recognize like the bride of Christ is ugly as sin, as our friend Lee would say, yeah. you know? And so I have no expectations of like, you know, yeah, the glitzy, glamorous, like perfect mm-hmm. thing. I know that just doesn't exist. Yeah. You put a bunch of people, sinful people together. <laughs> yeah. Like it's going to look good and then it's going to get messy. <laughs> and yeah. So, but we're still asked to participate yes. and cultivate. And that's like yeah. very clear. And going back to kind of what we had just talked about, like be a part of the redemptive process, yeah. you know, like, and so, yeah, I, I let think, me, let me also just clarify, like we're asked in the sense of, we have it in our own convictions that we should participate in the church, even though it is quote unquote ugly as sin because not because of some church saying that we should participate as much as it is that it's, it's one of these spiritual disciplines or even just part of our journey that we faith journey that we deem to be important in not only modeling for our children, but also some of these things that we would reap from like the benefits of relationship happens within the context or let me just reverse that it cannot happen outside of the context of the local church if you're uninvolved then you can't reap the benefits of some of these right relational items so yeah how are you feeling about it um we haven't been different in a like formal group since before having or i guess a little bit after having evie but yeah so so it's definitely new and i think it'll just be good because you know we we stepped into a new place with barely anybody that we know and it'll just be i think it'll just be nice to be able to be in community with other people Mm -hmm. that share the same faith and you know just knowing from what i see with the kids ministry it seems like there's a lot of people that have that are in the same stage of life as we are and so being able to relate to others where there's a lot of similarities, at least in that sense, is, is going to be nice because in other settings, like we didn't really get to have that. While we're on the topic of community and groups and we're yeah. joining all these things, I think it's really nice to have those pre-established pathways in place when you are someone in our position who is new and doesn't know anybody. And there's it's really hard for you to make those relationships just attending a Sunday service once a week. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could just, it just takes so much longer. You're going to have to meet people. And even at that, you know, what are you just going to invite a stranger over to your house? I mean, you can, you know, yeah. but it's just, it's not as like, it's just a little awkward to do that, you right. know? And, um, where when you have something like groups, it just makes that process so much easier for you honestly um i think there is a tipping point though where when you are more established in 
a community within that local body to where there should be some more onus on you (laughs) to continue to foster that and cultivate that rather than just rely on the pre-established pathways. Yeah. And I think every church has a different philosophy of groups and who, how it should be. How large and small. Yeah. (laughs) And like how everybody should be involved and all these things that I'm not saying that people shouldn't be in community, Mm -hmm. but I don't think the end goal should be groups. Yeah. It should be community. It should be community. Yeah. (laughs) And if people are now kind of launching off of that like pre-established hand-holding more or less process to I am now fostering, cultivating this in my normal everyday circles of people that I'm encountering, then I don't think there should be pressure there for those people to stop continuing to do that because that's like like real, genuine, authentic discipleship and probably should be the end aim. Um for those people to feel pressured to continue to join this, like what feels at that point more of like a hand holding, like let me let the church foster right. this for you. Right. Cause it's a softball pitch of like community. Cause it's a yeah. pre-established group and we're all coming. Right. I'm not saying there's not value in groups. I'm not knocking anybody who's, you know, listening to this, who's some group pastor coordinator. I don't know, whatever the title yeah. is. I love your ministry. The group priest. And especially in this season of our life, like it's so nice to have that. Right. right. We need that. Yeah. Because we don't have it. I just think that sometimes we might make the end goal groups. Right. Instead of does that person like the question shouldn't be, are you in a group? It should be, do you have a rich community? Like, do you have people alongside you in your life? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Keep it's like, doing that, you know, I don't know why this is the analogy that comes to mind, but maybe it's just because we have a three-year-old that is going through this process. So for Evie potty train, right? Okay. It's like potty training is the end goal or being able to be independent in the bathroom Yeah, is the end goal. And for her, I mean, God bless her. It took her 24 hours to go from being in diapers to being potty trained. <laughs> With no accidents. With no accidents. And it's been, what, two months? Yeah. Well, the, there was that one time where she forgot to use the bathroom before bedtime. and Yeah, there was one time. Except for that. But she's completely con- in control of her body on that side uh, when she's awake. Yeah. And so... <laughs> And so the comparison is, this is terrible that I'm, this is what comes to mind, but groups is like pull-ups. It's like the means that gets, <laughs> you know, it's like the means that gets you to being um, toilet independent. Yeah. And that at the end of the day, you want to be independent from the diaper Yeah. or independent in being able to go to the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's a great analogy, but like groups are the pull-ups that help you transition from being in diapers. Yeah. Like, so for us, we're like completely in diapers right now in our community. Right. We're like totally dependent. Yes. And have no control. And groups are like the pull-ups, which for those listening that aren't parents, it's like a hybrid, kind of like a hybrid diaper that lets the child pull it up as if it was underwear. Yeah. So it's a good transition item. Right. And then it eventually for you to be in just regular underwear going to the bathroom as needed and it's just been funny watching her just being like no notice she's in the middle of something i need to go to the bathroom storms off to the bathroom right right. but like just that's what comes to mind to me as a an analogy of like this means to the end like that 
at the end of the day, pull-ups shouldn't be the end goal. Right, right. And trying to coerce someone who is fully independent and able to invite people into their home and like right. to go back to pull-ups is like... Well, but that's the, the other thing is it's it's not... That's where the analogy breaks down is because there's other seasons and stages of life where the quote-unquote pull-ups are needed again. Yeah, yes, of course. There are always seasons and transitions and changes and... right. And or stages of life stages or like life. relating it back to um to community groups like grief groups and things like that where there's yeah. like a specific need where having community in, in that, that season, season yep. is critically and, important yes. and so yeah we're getting ready to get into pull-ups in our communities <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited for it though because that's what we need in this season yeah. and that's really the on-ramp we have to forming yeah. relationships here you know and so I'm yeah I'm I'm just approaching it with an, an mm-hmm. open mind like I really have very few expectations other than hopefully I can just find one friend yeah between our group and the women's like, right thing. all the, between all the things that we're doing <laughs> one friend for yeah. me and then also hopefully they have a child that can be evie's friend too. yeah that'd be perfect <laughs> yeah and the other way that we've been trying to do this is through like surrounding ourselves with people who share the same interests so you know thanks for letting me do this today but today i was able to play frisbee mm-hmm. and like i love playing frisbee and there were like 50 plus people that had that like wanted to get together in Charlotte, like so many pickup groups that lets you just join in. And, you know, for me, it wasn't necessarily to like make friends, but to just like feel like you're able to participate in something that's interesting to you. And, you know, like I said, like the guy that's organizing it, like Will, shout out to you, Will. Seems like a really like stand up dude. And it was cool to just be part of something that's interesting to you. Mm-hmm. And, helpful and just like filling that like relational piece where if you didn't have that it would that transition to a new place would feel a little more daunting yeah you know being able to get some of these like normal rhythms back in place would has just been like really really fun for me Mm -hmm. so thanks for letting me do that
Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.